Now joining us here in the Speed Freaks pits with Crasher, Statman, Kenny Sargent, Ryan Eversley. And it's not always a bad thing when you walk up and drivers are waiting on us, Ryan. <laughs> I don't like waiting on anybody, so uh, you guys consider yourselves lucky in this case. Oh, <laughs> Statman. Coming out of the gate. This is a martial arts guy. He knows how to yeah. talk like that. All right, there you go. And you... speaking of martial arts, uh, you and Andy Lally, you room together? Yeah, yeah. He bought a house a couple years ago, and it was kind of a frat house that a bunch of drivers uh, lived at. And... Uh, um, actually, Pompelli used to be our uh, our other roommate, and uh, he got married, and now he's got a kid, so we had to kick him out because he wasn't that much fun anymore. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and about um, two years ago, Andy started doing jujitsu, and so we both uh, started um, uh, training, you know, in jujitsu and some other mixed martial arts stuff. Any truth to the rumor that you kick his ass? No, actually, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Um, we are both uh, blue belts under Paul Creighton, which is a uh, an Atlanta-based jiu-jitsu company or uh, uh, gym, and uh, they're we're a Henzo Gracie affiliate. And if you know jiu-jitsu or you follow mixed martial arts, Henzo Gracie is like the uh, you know living Ayrton Senna of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So um, his family created it, and he's one of the most famous jiu-jitsu practitioners in the world. And so for us to get to train under his lineage is is fantastic, and also very um, very. When, when I tell people I train under a Henzo Gracie gym that are in mixed martial arts, they kind of like open their eyes a little bit and they're like, oh, that's really cool. So we're very, very grateful. How does that, the training that you do for jujitsu, any mixed martial arts, how does that help you in the cockpit? I mean, obviously you're going to be in better shape, which, help, which helps you with endurance races, helps you also, you know, when things are getting tight in, a, in crowded races, whatever. But how do you, does it help you mentally as well? Um, the physical side of it's obviously fantastic because anytime you're doing a martial art, it's you know going to be difficult. The great thing about jujitsu is uh, it's it's a lot of thought process stuff, and so it has to be um, it has to be uh, well thought out uh, maneuvers. It's not just throwing a punch or a kick. It's you know putting someone's arm behind their back and knowing how to move the transition for your body weight to go against theirs. And so the idea of jujitsu is actually to take a smaller person, knowing what they're doing, can beat up or beat up submit or you know that's that's the reality of it you can beat up somebody that doesn't know what they're doing um and funny enough andy and i both rolled with a a kid who was probably in his like mid-20s last week um it was his first day never done anything he's in great shape he obviously trains and does other stuff you know he works out and he didn't know anything and that was the first time in a long time that he and i had rolled with somebody that didn't have a clue and then he and i actually had to roll with each other right after that and the first thing i said was did you get that that new guy and he's like yeah and i was like how like alarming is it that even though we aren't anywhere near as great as you know black belts are because we're just blue belts but we just destroyed a guy you know who was in i mean he lasted the whole time he had great cardio and he was like strong but he didn't have a clue and that's what the entire thing's based upon so to get back to your original question the thought process that goes along with racing you're always thinking about the next couple corners ahead with jiu-jitsu you're thinking about the next couple of moves that are going to end up where you want to be Real quick, to clear up the misconception, because I know racing sometimes doesn't get the credit that it, it is due. And I also know that in mixed martial arts or boxing or any sort of physical sport of that sort, you know, you did just say beat up. How can we kind of get away from that so the fans realize, hey, there's a lot more to this than just punching somebody? Well, jiu-jitsu specifically is actually um, non-striking. It's all ground game. It's all submissions, chokes, arm locks, leg locks, ankle locks. So it's basically submitting the other person without causing damage um okay. in theory it's the only martial art that you can train at 100 percent and continue to train every day now granted you get injuries all the time i've currently got a broken toe and ah. i broke my finger the other day and it's actually it's feeling a lot better and i've, and I've got tendonitis in my right arm currently so um you're gonna get you're gonna have some physical issues but the reality is that i can train 100 percent every day with lally 
and you know I can get up and and do it again the next day. Now if he and I stood there with boxing gloves on and we just beat the crap out of each other for an hour, we're going to be done for a while. You know you're going to have actual problems. So that's the best part about jujitsu in that aspect. You're not breaking boards. You're actually you know holding people's arms behind their head and you know choking them with different ways and and things like that. So um, it's it's an actual art. When people talk about mixed martial arts, it's an actual art. If you watch two black belts uh, roll against each other, you won't have a clue that they're they're not even submitting each other because they know all the defenses to every move. So it's just like watching two people dance, but in a very aggressive, physically uh, demanding way. Sex with your clothes on? Yeah, if you want to consider sex, having someone break your arm in three places in about two seconds. Remember, we're from California, so that's probably a third of the, the folks out there. That's what's wrong with you guys. Yeah. Okay. Is that, all right. Is that, that's how you, you have guys, sex you in should, Southern California. First thing you should say is, Andy, tell us about what you think about people from California because he, he loves to give them a hard time. <laughs> so Andy has gone through a whole thing, a vegan and all yep. that sort of stuff. Yep. Are you in the same place? Negative. I uh, I understand Andy's reasons. He, it's not a <laughs> it's not a diet uh, issue. It's an animal rights thing, and he's really passionate oh, about wow. it. And he donates a lot of money and time to uh, the farm sanctuary up in New York, which is actually pretty close to Watkins Glen. Um, and he does a lot of stuff with that, and he's he's very passionate about it. So that's why he he went down that road, which is really funny. When I first met the guy. And I was just starting out as a mechanic and I wanted to be a race car driver. He was, you know, I, I was like, so what do you eat? What do you do? What do you train? Like, tell me everything. And he, all he did was he ate chicken, broccoli, and mashed potatoes, like for every meal, like every meal. And when I first met him, it was, I think Fridays was like his every single day he go to Fridays. And then it changed to Outback, you know, throughout 2001, which is when he was racing for the team I was working on his car. And so, uh, every, it was like, Oh, I guess we're going out back tonight. You know, Andy's in town. Um, so, but I remember specifically in 2001, he'd say, you know, I feel bad cause I, I've killed so many chickens. He's like, chickens are responsible. Like thousands of them are dead because of me. Cause I eat it. And I'm like, yeah, you do eat it like three times a day almost. Um, and so he finally made the switch to vegetarian, uh, about I think seven years ago or six years ago, and they became a vegan like two and a half or three years ago. So him and Spencer are both on the same same plan there. I absolutely understand their reasoning and everything. I just don't follow it myself. You know? It's you difficult. Like, yeah, it's, it's difficult. I've difficult. actually in April this year, I, it started as an April Fool's joke. I told Spencer on April first, I'm like, I'm vegan now for the month, and he was like, Yeah, right. And I was like, You know what? I'm going to try it, and I did. And it's you can actually get through it once you. And Andy will tell you the same thing because he's like, he's always trying to get people to try it, and he's like, Once you get your snacks, like Oreos. Oreos are naturally vegan, not on purpose. So that's kind of scary, you know, so you're going to get cancer, but at least, you know, nobody died from it. No, no animals died from it, but they're naturally, uh, for lack of a better word, they're, they're vegan friendly, um, French fries at like every fast food restaurant or like you go to. So his thing is he loves junk food. So he's always like, I had to find my, my go-to snacks. And so like our house, we, we literally, if you like open our cabinet, there's like rows of Oreos, you know? So it's like, that's just how it is. So, right, hold on, Stab. Let me, let me reintroduce who the hell's on on with us. Ryan Eversley, getting set for the Daytona twenty four, Daytona twenty four on Saturday afternoon, and of course we're talking about Andy Lally. But that could go on for many many years. <laughs> I got Stab- all dirt, all, all the dirt you need. Stab me, go ahead. <laughs> all the dirt. Wow. All right. Because we go back, Andy and I, Andy and the Speed Freaks go back a long, yep. a long way. Uh, back when he used to cry, but let's not talk about it. Let's, let's talk about you. I'm told that this shirt has some significance, this T-shirt. I don't know what that image is on there, it, but I'm told it has some significance. It does. I'm wearing a Lunacy's Enter Gear right now, and Lunacy Clothing is a company that uh, my co-driver, Lee Davis, owns. Uh, LunacyClothing.com is our website. You can see our race cars on there. And, and basically what Lee did a couple of years ago, he went looking for a cool racing-inspired clothing because he wanted to wear it to the track because, you know, you just 
thought it'd be kind of cool and there isn't much and so he went and, and started his own company and basically it's clothing for car people a lot of the the street attire like button-down shirts and jackets they have carbon fiber actually woven into them without the w- without the resin so it's not hardened so it's still a carbon fiber cloth so it's really cool stuff a lot of it's really racing inspired we've got polos that have the loops on the top like the suit does to pull you out of the car so like this right here you see on the shoulder of like a driver's suit it's actually a part great. of a polo and it looks it just looks cool um, and so and, uh, Lunacy teamed up with a, a company called Scholler, and they do a ton of clothing all over the world. They do a lot of different uh, materials for manufacturers like uh, BMW with their jackets, like their motorcycle jackets. Scholler designs and creates all the tear-proof materials. So they're more of a materials company, and they make thousands and thousands of yards of different cool material like they're making Energear now. And so what Energear is, it's a formula that they can treat clothing with um, that – captures your body's energy as it's being released with heat and, and things like that and kind of maintain without losing that energy it kind of keeps it in the skin that sounds like a curse system it, exactly right that's <laughs> basically what it is it's kind of capturing what's coming at you and keeping it uh, in, in your skin which is your biggest organ in your body you know what i mean so you can you can get a lot of stuff through the skin uh just from clothing uh, and then, so what does it what does it do for you, Ryan? So basically, I wore, it, car. I wore it last year at the start of the twenty four hour, and I did a double. I was driving for Magnus uh, Racing in one of their GT cars, and uh, I drove two hours. It was the hottest part of the twenty four hour. It was probably in the you know high eighties, and uh, um, I got out of the car and I felt great. You know, I, I was like, okay, normally I'd get out and I'd be a little bit uh, a little bit tired, even though it's already you know two hours into the race, but it still felt I felt really fresh. Um, when they did studies on it, this shirt captured about seven percent of your body or kept you about seven percent fresher in theory it was the way they kind of explained it oh, to wow. me and so i said i'll take seven percent all day long and so i still trained just as hard i didn't try to rely on the shirt or anything but i'm like yeah i'll definitely wear it and we'll see what happens the other thing that this shirt's been treated with is really cool it, literally cool it's called cold black and right now the two companies in the world that have cold black technology which Scholler invented is under armor and lunacy oh. and we actually have a a a copyright on all the automotive inspired so if under armor wanted to make a driving suit with Colback, they couldn't because of lunacy which is pretty cool so we're sticking it to under armor <laughs> <Not really. laughs> um, like funny it. enough under armor one of their biggest uh guys who helped build that company is uh uh anders hainer who used to race for turner in in the continental series he races an audi over in world challenge right now and he's a huge under armor guy and he's a really cool guy as well so he's getting to use this stuff on his street clothes and we're using it in a lot of our stuff too but basically cold black is a chemical where they treat the the a black shirt it'll be as cool as a white shirt in the sun and we've done like we basically at all our booths that we do like sema and pri we've got two shirts one's cold black one's not and they've got a heat gun on each of them and one's been cold black treated and the other one's not and it's clear as you can see right there it's like 10 degrees cooler so it's it's a really cool technology so our suits have been treated with cold black our driver suits been treated with cold black i was just gonna our, say um, put that on the suits our, and our seat and our in our cayman for the 24 hours so we're really trying to take advantage of the of the marketing aspects of the race that we're doing to try to keep everything cool and i actually I, we didn't have time to do it but i wanted to get the inside of my helmet treated with both Energear and cold black because it's a black interior for nomex just to keep you know every little bit helps now so. you keep saying we are you a part of lunacy as well i am All uh, right. i've been helping him uh lee and i we when we started i started coaching him right off the bat he's a real uh family oriented guy he does everything with his family and he's just such a like everybody that meets him they think he's the sweetest guy ever 
and and he is. And so when he and I first started working together, my the way we work is that he's soft spoken, easygoing, and laid back, and I can be the same way. But when I want something, especially in the racing side of it, I won't pull any punches, and I'll tell whoever I have to tell to like change the car, or fix the car. And so I get to be his henchman or his bad guy when it comes to stuff like that. So it worked great when we started racing together because he, you know, he'd, he'd come to me and say, you know, I like the car, but it's kind of like this. I'd say, okay, I'll fix it, you know, and I'd go do it. And at the same time, he likes being spoken to like that in terms of his coaching. So it worked great because he had a couple guys before that did a good job, but they sugarcoated everything. You know, so he's doing an okay job, but he's not getting any better. And so when I first started working with him, I'm like, look, you're screwing up turn three pretty bad. It's nice. it's actually horrible. And he was like, oh, I thought I had turn three pretty good. I'm like, no, it's not even close. And Ryan so Eversley, like, wow. does it help that they know you're this bad MMA guy. No, because I only started and, the MMA a few years ago. <laughs> but, but, they, but they know if, if they don't pay attention that you could grab them and choke them out on the ground. It's probably not a good business idea for me to start coaching out my cl- or choking out my clients. Um, I've wanted to on occasion for sure, and, and I'm sure they wanted to choke me out as well. Um, Woody Hayes tried it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I've been helping Lunacy since they began a couple years ago, and I've basically taken on the, the marketing side of the company and i've been helping with all their twitter accounts and facebook page and things like that in fact we've got a really funny uh video skit we're doing this weekend with the orange cone from twitter who's got you know the orange cone is awesome the orange cone is awesome and he's actually an official lunacy team member he went for laps with me in that last session i had him right in the passenger seat um he's been on the pit box with a headset he's been working his butt off so uh the orange cone is is around yeah no he's he's famous he knows everybody so i've um, never seen the mouth on the cone though yeah he uh he's he's a shy guy in person he doesn't you know you can't really tell but what i did was i wanted to help him out so I went and bought a Mr. Potato Head the other day when we got here at Target. So now he's got a sweet mustache. He's got some eyeballs. He's got hands. He gives me high fives left and right. And he's been whistling at the ladies. He's got a little, little mouth now. So Is yeah. this picture on Twitter? It's not on Twitter yet because I want the video to be that awesome. Uh... So I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Media Barons. They do all of uh, Magnus's videos Ooh. and press release. Oh, God, you guys need to go... Before, when, before Andy gets here, go to Magnus Racing's Facebook page or whatever. They've got their intro video that they did this year, and it is... Oh, that is. It's yeah, amazing. I saw that. It's that awesome. is pretty. But what about the video with uh, the Jordan Taylor yes. and Ricky Taylor? Okay, yeah. So Jordan Taylor and I are buds. We actually, a couple of years ago, I don't even know how it came up, but we uh, we decided that we needed to be a driving pair. And so he's uh, Magic Man and I'm El Diablo from, uh, from uh, Talladega Nights, which is really funny. And I'll say it because I've told Jordan this. When I first saw Jordan, he was like 17. He had big glasses on and like a nerdy haircut. And I was like, the kid's pretty fast, but God, he's a dork. And he's the coolest kid I know. Like, I, I tell him all the time, I'm like, I know that we weren't buds at first, but now, you know. You're real, man. Yeah, you're legit. And him and his brother are so unassuming because you just think they're like these two, like, happy-go-lucky kids. And then they put out a Marky Mark video where he's walking around in his underwear and they're work. It's, it cracked me up. And a so, woman's little sweater thing. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Um, and they, they texted me and Andy and said, uh, hey, could you tweet this from your account? We're trying to get it some press. And I was like, oh, absolutely. And I'm like, we're a little bit embarrassed so that we weren't asked to be a part of it because we clearly could have lip synced really well. So, yeah, that video, that that's that's one of the best things I've seen in a long time. The squats, would, favorite part? Definitely the squats. Yeah, that's how you get the good butt. You know? but, when, <laughs> but how would you look, Ryan Eversley, in, the, in one of those little cutoff, Tank top. I'm actually wearing one underneath right now. If you want to see, do you it. have <laughs> Do you have that that special cooling? Spray I'm more of a lacy guy, so I, I like the like lacy. the lacy stuff. Um, <laughs> no, I don't have that. I, Leather and lace, I, that's right? 
little Stevie Nicks action. So my uh, my contribution to the video that, that we're talking about doing one now with the with the Jordan and uh, Ricky uh, group at at Road Atlanta since that's our home race. So we're gonna have them come up a little early and probably take them to the gym and and go show them how to do jiu jitsu. Huh? Exactly, that's exactly right. <laughs> for, Ryan, not, for not inviting you to the first. Month. Yeah, that's you got to pay back. <laughs> Ryan for Eversley joins us in the Speed Freaks pits. Thanks to our good friends at Continental Tire. Reading your website, there's a question on there where. Someone asked you, what's the weirdest thing a fan has asked you? Do you remember what your answer was? Um, it's probably the guy at Watkins Glen last year who followed me into the bathroom. Uh, he was a huge NASCAR fan, and I, I love all forms of racing, so I'm probably as big a NASCAR fan as this guy was. In fact, I almost ran over Jamie McMurray at the test days. He walked right out in front of me, in front of the pit exit onto the onto the pit road and he had no clue and he turned around and he's like whoa you know and i'm like man chip would have been pissed if i had just mowed that guy over <laughs> and a lot of girls too would have not liked me but um uh last year i think it was last year the year before i was at Watkins Glen, and i walked into the bathroom and um one of my uh, other lunacy suits uh, it's like nascar cut and everything so it looks really like a billboard and it's not really what i wanted but the guy followed me in there and he's like standing next to me and there's two urinals, and he stood between me and the wall, not using the urinal, and was like, hey, do you know Jeff Gordon? And I'm like, no, I don't know Jeff Gordon. He's like, you look like Jimmy Johnson. I'm like, no, I don't. And you know, and I'm like, I've got to go. I've been holding this for a while because I was probably doing a radio interview with somebody like you guys. And I was like, I, I, so I'm just like letting it go. And he's standing there like staring at me. And it's like, there's no wall or anything there. It's me, you know, my business, and then this guy. And he's just like starts, you like NASCAR? Are you a big fan of NASCAR? I'm like, I love NASCAR. I like peeing in private too. But you know, let's just say, yeah. Is that what I said? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Because, I mean, it was alarming at Yo, the time. I remember being like, I made it. I finally made it. Somebody followed me in the bathroom. So. Yeah, you know, that's, that's yeah. not something you forget. That's yeah, got to no, be at that the top was, of the list. That was pretty of... awesome. I mean, I like ran out of there telling everybody. I'm like, you, and I saw the guy later. I'm like, that's the guy. That's good. So <laughs> boundaries, Johnson. people. Yeah. Boundaries. Yeah. Oh my so god. That was that was pretty awesome. I felt pretty uh, legit. How much driving are you gonna do tomorrow? How many, how much time are you gonna spend in the seat? I hope to do as much as possible. I trained to do over half the race because in the last the first time I did this race in 2007, it rained and our two guys that were driving with us that were sponsoring it didn't want to drive in the rain and it rained like 18 hours. So I drove 12 hours of the race and I felt great afterwards, but I was like the next day, cause it's a sequential box. My arm is literally locked like this stiff on my right side at like a 90 degree angle. Cause I'd been just shifting gears for the whole time. Um, and so last year, or sorry, in 2011, I drove with Kenny Wallace in the CTF car at TRG and uh kenny you know he did awesome for a guy that doesn't do any road course stuff um but again a couple of the guys in the car were not really up to the speed and about eight hours into the race we realized even though we didn't have the best lineup we were just hitting luck with uh strategy and and other people and we were running the top 10 and so it became we don't want to lose this top 10 Mm. keep putting ryan back in which i was happy to do but at the end of the race i drove like uh, almost uh, 13 hours of the race and i was just wiped and they said at the end of the race i was talking on the radio about like getting pizza or something and i had no idea (laughs) oh my god they're like they're like did you end up getting your pizza and i'm like what are you talking about man like i was just out um so with this class it's a it's a different uh, animal with the rolex gt class it's a sprint race for 24 hours now all the cars are so you know technologically advanced and they're so proven every car in our class has never driven more than 10 hours like our car did eight hours at the test of you know not even constant running but eight hours of on track stuff the mazdas have done probably four hours of total runtime and they they're having a lot of developmental issues so it might come down to one of those deals where the winning car wins by 30 laps over the second place car, which wins by 40 laps over the third place car, et cetera. 
if we find ourselves in a position where we're in the battle for the whole time with the Napleton car, which I think will be the case, we're probably going to have to cycle myself and Eric Foss, who's the other pro in the car, through as much as possible. If we come to the point where we're 80 laps in the lead and we're just biding our time and trying not to have any problems, I hope to not have to drive that much, you know, because my co-drivers, Lee Davis and Jeff Mosing, are both doing a really great job. They're as fast a gentleman guys as you can get because they don't do this for a living, and they're within a second and a half of Eric and I. So we actually are really lucky on our lineup. Um, but I still plan to hopefully do about 10 or 11 hours of the race. All right, that's a long way to get to it. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Sorry, the short answer, uh, 10, 10, hours? 10 and, hours. And real quick, there's a lot of positive talk about the Continental Tire for this year. Yep. The number of stints that they, that a lot of driver, a lot of teams are planning on running on those tires. Yeah. First off, I've I've been a huge fan of the Continental Tire like support that we have in the class, even across all the boards. I race basically full time in the Continental Tire series, and they're doing handouts for hats and shirts, and they give away so much stuff to the fans, and no one's kind of done that for the, for the Grand Am Cup series you know and, and forever so to see that kind of support's really awesome and then on top of that they've really stepped up their game with uh with the tire technology as well in the rolex series so if you look at today's yesterday's qualifying times in the gt cars they're doing 48 2 which is like the fastest gt time i think ever recorded you know in, nice. at rolex so continental's definitely on top of their game fortunately our car is probably one of the lightest cars in the field and it's also one of the least powerful so our tire wear has been fantastic mm. so we can probably triple stint these tires Dang. whereas you know in the past with some of the other tires we could do a heck of an hour on them but then after that hour it was it was junk so we're planning wow. we're planning to double stint every single set of tires and what about staying out of the way some of the cars are you know <laughs> might be 15 20 seconds a lap slower than the dp cars yeah absolutely fortunately our gx car is probably one of the most consistently quick cars um compared like some of those mazdas are doing 204s and 205s and the dps are doing 40s you know so that's 25 seconds a lap um that the uh cool thing about this i called i called the magic man himself jordan taylor when we first talked about doing this race and i said hey i know you drive that corvette and you guys have that awesome in-car camera mirror you know basically it's a eight inch screen on the dash in the corvettes and it's money they use it at le mans and everything and it's got night vision and it can dim lights and i said hey where do i get one of those and so he gave me all the information called the corvette guys so thanks to the corvette team which is really awkward or, or just like you know not something you'd think would happen they sent us all the information so now we have the same camera system in our car that they do my thought was we're in the slowest car ever at the Daytona 24 hour by the rules. We're going to get run over all the time. It's going to be constantly traffic coming. So now we have that really cool camera and it's actually too good because now we're just like, eh, turn it on people. I'm like, Oh, you're like 10 feet back. Don't worry about that guy. We're in the past. You'd just be like, just go, you know, like give them the benefit of the doubt. And now we like, I, I, I kind of slid in this morning between the Alex Job Audi and the Rumbum Audi in turn three, and I thought I was all like, you know, hot stuff because I was like, yeah, that's right, yeah, wait on me. Um, but it was <laughs> if I didn't have that camera, I probably would have driven like you know ten seconds out of the way to to not get in the way. So that's actually something I think our car is going to benefit out of everybody in the GX class because they don't have that sweet camera system. Wow! Don't tell anybody from Porsche you're using Corvette technology. Well, funny enough, you should say that. Um, Porsche isn't necessarily recognizing our car as a Porsche for the race, um, but we're also not using any Porsche motorsports parts. We're using all streetcar stuff, which is kind of the idea behind what we wanted to do anyway. So we did buy a couple of suspension pieces from another Porsche team, so we didn't actually have to go to Porsche Motorsport themselves. But um, uh, basically, we are on our own as far as that goes, but it's also a good thing because 
um, we can go to any Porsche dealership in Florida, like we had to the other day to get a certain part, and it was like ready to go. And because this car is a custom car, you can't buy a 3.8 liter Cayman for the street. It's not they don't exist. So if we need to go get a special bracket or a special thing for the Cayman, we can go down to Carlson Porsche or Napleton Porsche even and, and go buy it off the shelf. Wow. Well, ladies, there you have it. The man drives a Porsche. Uh, I don't know what he's driving. He's, uh Drive a Porsche oh. and a, and a and Honda with a, with, a, with a Chevy camera. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, thanks for coming to the Speed Freaks Pits, dude. Yeah, my pleasure. I love coming on with you guys. You guys are awesome.